Nice. Um, well, cool, man. That's uh, that, that's awesome. What what is uh, I mean, and this may be a thing that you're still sort of settling on as as you continue the show, but but it's like, is the goal to be more technical focused? Is the goal to be more product focused? Uh, like like what is what sort of the direction that you guys are trying to cover? So certainly more product focused growth, uh, marketing, just things that aren't tackled as much. So my favorite thing to do or not, I mean, the favorite, but one of my favorite things to do in crypto is taking complex topics in terms of blockchain architecture and infrastructure and trying to make it slightly accessible or slightly more accessible to people. Because it's at the end of the day, it's a numbers game where the more people you can involve and get inputs from and have this battleground of ideas, you know, going off against each other, the more the probability of something interesting happening. And so it's just trying to increase the funnel of people who participate in crypto discussions and conversations. And so, yeah, I mean, um, so far, it's been pretty not technical. I mean, the DeFi panel was slightly technical, but going forward... The, the mission of the of the podcast is to really get everybody involved in the crypto conversation and look at it from alternating views and just like, I mean, one thing that I, I'm not a big fan of in the EVM ecosystem, or not EVM ecosystem, uh, Ethereum ecosystem specifically, is that it's very academic and, you know, you need like a paper for everything and everything is super, um, like people will just bring all sorts of academic considerations uh, and I find that the pragmatic side of things kind of suffers a little bit and maybe it um, excludes certain people from the conversation, not on purpose, but just by the construction of the people who actually care about Ethereum. And so I think that's something that needs to change. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I've been trying to do with, I mean, not just Lightspeed, but also on my own time on shit posting on the Bird app or I guess now the X app. Yeah, whatever this X yeah. thing is. How, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? Quick, quick tangent to talk about this. Um, you are, you have a big following on on Twitter. So I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on on the uh, the rebranding here. Um, I, I mean, I don't really care about it, to be honest. Uh, I don't really have that much of an opinion. Uh, the one thing that I did not like was that the favicon um, on the browser tabs was changed from a bird to an X. And so I have a bunch of browser tabs open and I'm kind of just like, where the hell was I? Like it, 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 it took my lizard brain a second to get used to it. But I mean, in, in terms of the branding itself, I don't really care. Like he can do whatever he wants to do. Um, it's, it's up to him. Right. I don't, I don't really. Um... I think it's only a matter of time until the actual domain changes. Like if you go to X.com, which was, uh, you know, Elon Musk started a company way back in the day, him and his brother, maybe, I think, something. And they did a x.com, like, right before PayPal and X, like, merged together. But I guess if you go to x.com right now, it redirects to Twitter. So maybe the domain's going to change too, which will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, maybe one thing I'll touch upon, which completely unrelated to crypto or Solana or anything that probably anybody cares about, but... One thing that I've noticed a lot with this rebrand in the past day or two is how many people have opinions on it and how many people kind of just tell him he's wrong. And it's like, so I'm not like an Elon fan. I mean, I used to be a pretty big Elon fan, but since Twitter, I don't think he's done it very well. Uh, so I'm not maybe as much of a fan. But one thing I really don't like is a lot of people on this app just kind of tell him how to do his job and 
say like you're wrong and you shouldn't do it this way. And it's like, it's, it's weird how, with how much certainty people say these opinions. And it's an interesting parallel to crypto where like the VCs and some of the other, let's say non-sophisticated people talk to crypto founders about how they should build their products and their protocols and their tokenomics and all these things. And, you know, as a builder, it's super important to understand that you know your product and your vision better than anybody else. And you, at the end of the day, like you need to be able to take in that input, consider it, but ultimately make your own decision as opposed to just saying or doing whatever the community asks you to do, right? Like if, I mean, obviously if the community is saying like, Hey, you're scamming me, like obviously do not scam people. I like, do not do anything ridiculous, but if it's like a product decision, like I think this logo will be better because it's going to tie in with our, like a future image and maybe it's, we're going to integrate some other things, right? Trust your gut. Just, just do the thing. Um, yeah. That's, that's like almost by definition, anyone who has an opinion about what a leader is, is doing it, is missing information because they don't have, they don't have the almost 100% of the time. Has, yes. Right. Even it, it, it's, it's like, you might disagree with the vision, but, but it, it doesn't matter. Like you don't know it, you don't know what the future plans are. So, so to your point, it's like, we don't know how today's branding is going to play into something on the roadmap six months from now. Right. Um, and so, and so it's like, uh, I totally get pe people being like, Oh, I don't really like this logo or, Oh, that seems weird to me, but to have like a, an opinion like, Oh, they're wrong. This is the wrong move is like, well, you don't, you don't have con you don't have enough context to make that call. Right. Yeah. Uh, who who and knows what the grand vision grand plan is, uh, you know, six months, 12 months, 18 months from now. Exactly. And there's also, this is actually, maybe I'll bring it to Helios just because I, I'm going to burst if I don't show Helios. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we obviously made it, we made it 10 minutes. I think it's a new record. That's it's good. like <laughs> impressive. Good job. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was talking about, so Helios actually started as a API play and we, we, like we were working with a lot of, obviously as an API company, we needed data and the way to get data on the blockchain is use an RPC provider. And we, we used them all. I mean, we used a lot and we, we weren't really happy with it, like either the cost or the performance or the reliability. There's also some like weird data inconsistency issues with archival uh, on Solana. And I was like, man, why don't we just like, we should just get our own RPCs and just run this stuff ourselves. And everybody said like, don't do it. RPCs are a commodity. It's a, it's a horrible space. There's shitty margins. Um, and, and basically everybody just said, don't do it. And I was like, mm, I mean, I, th I think we're going to do it. <laughs> and, 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 and we did it. <laughs> and it turns out, I mean, there's actually a lot of unsolved problems in that space. And um, not only just technical problems, but economic problems, um, archival problems, just social problems as well. There's just a lot of problems. And basically the thought process was like, okay, if Helios, the, the purpose of Helios is to, or the mission of Helios is to accelerate the adoption of crypto powered software. And products and the reason i picked solana is because i think solana has the best chance of helping with that and is, is the highest leverage um uh thing that you can pull like the lever that you can pull to actually impact that and so then i said like okay if the such and such are true then you can't have inconsistency at the most fundamental layer of development which is connecting to the rpc nodes and it didn't matter if it was a bad idea it's like it has to be done for the success 
or at least the increased probability of success for the future of the network, right? Because if you are a DeFi protocol and you're spending $30,000 a month on RPC nodes, I mean, you're probably not even making money. You're going to go broke. And then that's just a net loss for the ecosystem, right? Or you're a data play and you have inconsistent data. That's not going to help anybody. Um, or maybe you're an arbitrator and your latency sucks. You're not going to be, you're not going to be a good arbitrator, right? If you're building on Solana, you probably want to, you, you probably came to Solana because you, you like speed. You want to build fast things, fast applications, smooth applications. And obviously a chain is only as um, strong as its weakest RPC at, at that point, right? Like if you, if you have a very fast chain, but a really shitty RPC, I'm not going to name names, but uh, it's, it's going to, it's going to affect your impression of Solana. Um, so anyway, that's just an example of like a case in, in my, you know, anecdotal experience where people said, don't do this, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to do it anyways. And it has worked out. Well, I think there's a perfect segue in there to like shifting over to the Opos hackathon, like this, this hackathon that Helios is, is one of the sponsors. There's a whole bunch of different sponsors for the tracks and it's, it's a community run Solana hackathon of encouraging people to build cool things especially with the quote-unquote only possible on solana tech that 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 solana does have currently so like let's dive into that yeah so i love hackathons um obviously we also organized the yeah we also organized the sandstorm on a, a while back and basically my thought process here was that i think solana has somewhat of an upshift in momentum Right. Uh, we, you know, obviously the SEC thing with with X, X, mm-hmm. XRP Ripple happened and Solana, I think Drip is showing what's possible. Uh, the DeFi, DeFi is making a comeback. There are some other things I'm not allowed to disclose, but something some stuff that will happen soon. Um, and so we, we have this momentum and it's like momentum is kind of a very elusive thing. And while we have it, we should take full advantage of it. And so that's I said, like, OK, let's just organize a hackathon. Let's build things. Let's take advantage of this. Get more eyes on people, um, especially like ones that want to raise funding and hack on things that maybe haven't had the opportunity to. And so the Opos or Only Pass on Solana Hackathon is is not like a traditional hackathon where you have like five or six major sponsors and then you just do like the tracks that they assign, which which is a very valid way of doing it. It's just I think I'm just exploring different um, ideas here. This one is more of like a DIY, like a do-it-yourself hackathon where anybody can propose a track and incentivize it however they want. It could be, you know, their, their own tokens. It could be actual money. It could be merch, whatever. It's just up to you to get incentives for and, and users to build for your track. And so like right now, for example, we have uh, sponsors from Balaji uh, and Network States to Helium, Phantom, Solana Foundation, Helios, um, Chapter One, a few venture firms and some games as well. And so we actually have over like 25, 26 tracks right now already, I believe. And so, and like light protocol as well for like privacy and, and all that. So it's essentially just, um, and it's actually during Mountain Dow. So uh, I, I specifically timed it to be the first three weeks of August where, you know, Mountain Dow happens all of August so that, you know, a lot of cool things happen when you bring people together and have them kind of, you know, mesh together ideas and see what comes out. Um, it's just a numbers game. Um, somebody said like a tweet the other day, like, um, hackathons rarely <laughs> produce viable businesses. And it's like, okay. Uh, I mean, startups rarely produce viable businesses, right? Uh, there, there's no, 
the point of a hackathon is obviously ultimately to produce something that's maybe a viable business, but it's just to create new things that didn't exist before. And you never know where that leads, right? Um, but as long as you're always creating things and adding value, those will compound over time. And the, the, the much bigger problem is if you have nobody on the chain creating anything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, that's, that's an interesting criticism. Like, you know, that hackathons don't produce valid businesses because it's like, how many valid successful businesses do you need for a hackathon to have made sense? If it's one business, every five hackathons that ends up exploding and change and like changing the face of the, of, of the ecosystem, uh, that feels like it was well worth it. And that's not even considering sort of all, all of the things that, you know, are built that are the precursors for future things or get folded into to future endeavors. Or, or even just the developer experience um, of the, think, the people I that think, built something, they could be something it, small, it could be something big, like have, building on those building blocks of experience and product, growing those into larger, larger scale things like the knock on effects are, are great, I think. And yeah, also, I, I, I get wanting to be wary of of like not having quantifiable data for for certain things, but also a lot of things are tough to quantify, right? Like it's it's tough to quantify uh, the the fact that so and you know so and so might end up being the person who invents something awesome, and they only did it because they had a great experience in a hackathon three years ago, kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, I think. Solana has a history of successful hackathon projects actually forming startups and getting funding. Absolutely. So it's quite, I think I would say Solana probably has the best hackathon scene that I know of. I've actually organized a good amount of hackathons just in Toronto. And uh, I, I actually used to work at Shutterstock where we did that as well for the whole company. And Solana's hackathons are super impressive. And I think, you know, not only are they, I honestly think maybe we're even underexposed to the hackathons. Like I think maybe even more resources in them would be interesting, which is, I think probably everybody would disagree with that, but I think it would be, um, I mean, in, in case it's not obvious, I'm a big hackathon. Do you think fan. there's a certain saturation level where it's like too many hackathons in it, in a, we'll say over a, over a year, like right now there's, there's Sandstorm is at the beginning of the year. And then there was the official one put on by Solana foundation there's been a couple of smaller ones and then we're about to have the Opos hackathon. And then plus there's that thing right after the hackathon, the Opos hackathon, you know? Uh, so like, do you think there's a saturation point of too many hackathons? Probably. There's probably a saturation point, but at the, at the end of the day, the prizes go to the people, like the prizes aren't like um, wasted in that for example, if nobody submits for your track, you're not gonna. It's fine. Like you, that money is still there, uh, and you can use it for another hackathon. Um, I just like. I mean, so one thing that I've been yelling at people to do for a while is an accelerator program for only university students for crypto, right? Like the way Y Combinator started was essentially uh, like Pogram and Co. Talking to university students who are interested in starting startups. And then it evolved and then, you know, they released the, the, they removed the university requirements. But I know where I went to school, we actually had that in our school as well. It wasn't crypto, it was just tech. But I think just having that funnel of people who want to, there's a lot of people that want to build things and experiment and become startup founders and, and, and find businesses. And it's our, it's our job to find who those people are. It's not easy. 
and say, hey, here's a program that we've made for you and recruit those people, which I mean, I always talk about community advocacy and evangelism and recruiting. That's this is what I mean, like find people who are aligned with your values. There's I mean, for example, let's say for the next um, for the last Grizzly Thon Hackathon, I'm not sure how many people there were, but let's say there was like 4000. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but okay, now now do how many people in the world are actually involved or interested in building new things and hacking around with new cool tech, right? It's probably more than 4,000. And so it's our job to find those people. And it's not just the foundation's job, right? The foundation is just one team. It's everybody's job. Uh, the teams that build on the network, the teams, the, the community members that produce content, people who make a living on the chain. Um, so is there a saturation point? Yes, but I think the ceiling we haven't, there's a, there's a very long way uh, to go still in raising that ceiling. Um, it's an unknown known. I I imagine no, 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 no. I I imagine the saturation point changes based on you know the number of people involved in the ecosystem probably right um, and 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 how involved they are in hackathons. Uh, what I mean, do you have any ideas on what it what it takes to attract talent into the Solana ecosystem as opposed to cultivate the talent that's already here? It's a good question. I think. One interesting thing is when when I talk to developers that I'm trying to hire, for example, like I'll post like a job ad on LinkedIn and people will apply and I'll have like a few chats and people actually like uh, engineers that I've interviewed are super excited about Solana, even though they don't know nothing about crypto. And it's because like you can, I mean, at the end of the day, what is Solana, right? Solana is a giant engineering marvel. It's a globally distributed state machine of, you know, 3000 nodes syncing. Every 400 milliseconds near the speed of light and anybody can participate. Anybody can build anything they want and have programs that run forever and they can move money at the speed of lights with a few lines of code, right? That is a super high leverage and attractive thing for a developer to hear, right? You don't, especially like those ones that are like sick of changing like the HTML, like the color of a button on, on some React front end, right? It's like, hey, actually you can use that JavaScript to move money at the speed of light and you know, uh, be completely permissionless. You start your own thing here on this global network. And that's just not how crypto has been messaged. Um, when you say crypto to these people, they think of scams, dogs, dog coins. Um, they think of NFTs, but then they think NFTs are stupid. They think, oh, like, why can't I just take a picture of the Molly's? Like, there's just a whole lot of horrible messaging or like, oh, Bitcoin is killing the environment. Like, that like those should not be the first thing that come to a person's mind when you say crypto. And the fact that it those are the things that usually come at least to the mind of most of the people I've talked to or I've seen, that's horrible, right? That's that's a colossal failure on everybody's part in this industry. And if we can start turning the 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 narrative around a little bit, right, and and message to people like, hey, this is this incredible new technology that it's a global, globally shared database that anybody can connect to. You don't have to worry about DevOps. You don't have to worry about infra. You can just connect and write code and get started and build cool things. And guess what? There's also a lot of cool like meta engineering problems here, right? like rollups or ZKs. And like what one joke that I, I like to make is like at fan companies, 
people will ask you about algorithms and data structures and in interviews, but then in your day job, you'll just change the color of a button. In crypto, in the interviews, they will not ask you that, but you'll actually do that in the job, right? Like compression Merkle trees. That is not easy shit. That is, that is like some advanced algo stuff. Same with like DeFi, arbitrage trading. These are all very advanced technical concepts. And so I just feel like it's a super big waste of human capital engineering talent to work on these other massively bloated bureaucratic systems where you can just come to crypto and just build meaningful things right away. And so, I mean, to James' original question, which is how, how do we, you know, what's maybe a good way to attract Web2 developers onto crypto? It's like, just tell them that, right? Like they, they need to know this. <laughs> they don't know this at all. They, they just think, oh, like, would I only use a blockchain if I want to eliminate the middleman? It's like, sure. I mean, that's one of the reasons. It's a good one, but it's not the only reason in my view. There's still a lot of things you can do, right? Like shared state is super important. Um, if you want to work on tuning optimized distributed systems, right? And getting performance out of the hardware that does on your computers, right? Uh, working with mass scale. There's so many different reasons as a developer why you would consider crypto. And we just need to tell them that. That's I honestly think that's that's and 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 like okay, so like the tactics of that are weird. Like, how do you do that? Um obviously hackathons help. Um, case studies help. I think we probably need like a few viral videos and like some digital advertising and like fine-tuning those uh marketing funnels to have some stuff go viral. Like you guys probably saw Liquid Death and how they went viral. Uh, like the canned water. <laughs> it's, it's literally just fucking canned water and it, it just says liquid death, murder your thirst. It's just water. And so if that can go viral, then, you know, uh, it's on us. We just need the talent and the ideas meshing together to create that sort of flywheel. Um, so that's kind of the, a long answer, but that's where I feel. Yeah, that's... Um, I I totally agree. I'm I'm stuck over here, like pondering how to get information outside of our like existing echo chamber. Right. So, so for example, I, you know, I think Nick and I and our guests talk about this sort of thing often, right. We've got 30 some episodes out. Um, and I think, I think a lot of, a lot of our episodes are dedicated to talking about sort of how exciting and interesting uh, working on Solana and crypto in general actually is, but all of our listeners are already in the ecosystem, right? It's like, I, I, uh, I, I will wholeheartedly admit that like, we're not really doing much marketing. And so we're definitely not bringing people in um, at least more than incidentally from, from sort of web two in, into web three. And I am super interested in, in figuring out how we can do better at that, right? I, I, agree, I agree with you that like, that is, a, that is a failing on my part, right? Uh, I, I have this information, this understanding about a thing, and I am not transmitting that to the people who don't. And I, uh, I would love to Im improve whatever skill set is required in order to get that information where it needs to, to be. One part of this is, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, there's two aspects of a community, right? There's, you have to cultivate the community and you have to grow the community. So it's totally fine. And actually necessary, quite necessary to have people cultivating the community as well, which obviously like in this case would be your role um, where you're having conversations with people around the community and getting insights out of them and giving to your audience. And, you know, I think that's still a super important part. Um, and going outside of the echo chamber is, is a very hard thing to do 
and I think you need to be super focused in doing only that if you want to really, really accomplish it. Um, it's also quite similar to some, some of my thoughts on going multi-chain, right? Like if you're a, a, I don't know, some sort of application on a, a chain X and you find that you're not getting enough users and then you go to chain Y, it's like, may, maybe that's worth, uh, I mean, obviously you'd have to do the math because actually going to different chains costs you a lot of time and infrastructure debt as well, tech debt, which people not sure if they consider, but, um, okay. Like there's an equation there and what you could have done is, you know, try to go above the crypto echo chamber and onboard people to your app, not your chain, your app, and then your app runs on whatever chain it already runs on. Um, so I think it's, but but like to be clear, I do think it makes sense for some apps or some products like wallets. It makes sense, I think, right? If you think of wallets as maybe a passport, it makes sense that a passport will grant you access to multiple digital entities, let's say chains. It might make sense for very specifically vertically focused teams as well. Maybe like, let's say like fine art or something. Uh, and that's all they do. But for the, for most teams, it's super I don't want to say bad because I don't like telling people what, what's good or bad, but I think it's probably... It needs to be like a very deliberate decision you can with do. like very specific reasoning for it, I think is, is what you're trying to say, right? Like it's it's it can make sense in some circumstances, but there's probably a high likelihood that when people do make this decision to go multi-chain or are thinking about going multi-chain, it's probably not as deliberate as it should be. Yeah, like... Basically, if would you have gone multi-chain before your use your growth came to a plateau? And if the answer is no, um, just ask yourself: like, am, am I doing this for a reasonable? Am I doing this for the right reasons, or am I just doing it to maybe keep my VCs happy for a little bit so that my numbers don't suffer in the short term? Which is fine. I mean, sometimes you need to do that, honestly. But you're probably not going to build something that meaningful if if you're if if you're if you're if you're thinking that short term. Right. Um, going back to uh, my favorite topic, Helios, there's a very specific reason why we're not multi-chain, right? Because if we, if you are multi-chain, we're not going to be able to keep up with all the advancements happening on Solana. And as a result, we won't be able to leverage them to build better experiences, right? So um, that's actually why I also like Cosmos. Uh, Cosmos has this ideology of kind of vertical, vertically owning the entire stack. I actually really like that because you have more control and it... it um, if you're building something truly meaningful, I think that's probably a better way of doing it. Um, but what do I know? I'm just I'm just a bald guy. I should post on Twitter. What do I know? Uh, look, I'm, look, RP, RPC providers, I think, is a, a great example of of the cost of going multi-chain, right? Like you you, you mentioned, sort of, there's this massive tech debt that that you incur when you uh, when you go multi-chain. I I uh, Helios may, may like you, you guys have, you have a phenomenal team, so you may be able to keep up, but ultimately I, I can't, uh, I can't see you providing the experiences that you provide, uh, if you were trying to tackle two opposing architectures, right? Um, in, in, in fact, I don't even, it's, uh, my, my mental model of, of Helios isn't even just an RPC provider, right? Like it, you, it, you, you provide such sort of ease of, of entry that I, uh, I would, I would be very sad to sort of miss out on the ease of use 
in exchange for multi-chain. Um, so, so definitely I, I can see how applying that to other applications would be, would be problematic. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, as we're talking about apps and, uh, and, and sort of the notion of being app focused, like onboard to your app instead of onboard to a chain, right? I'm curious, you know, as you're thinking about only possible and Solana, which by the way, I think is like the the best phrase to have come out of uh, this this past year that that you're sort of champion, championing. So in terms of marketing, it's like it's a it's a great little blurb. Um, and there are I think so many things that are only possible on on Solana. But as long as we're talking about the only possible on Solana hackathon, what sort of applications are you hoping to see come out of this? What are the things that are only possible on Solana that you are you know you would maybe build if you weren't already building something, uh, you know, amazing over at Helios. So I think there's probably two answers to that. Um, so number one, what applications would I like to see built or what, what do I think is only possible on Solana? So, I mean, compression is, is an obvious one and it, it, it requires a mental shift of how you think about digital assets. Like it's, they're not actually like these, 10,000 supply personal profile picture collections. They can be, but they are, can be much more than that. And Drip is kind of showing you this and they're literally saying, actually, no, these are content, right? And these are curated channels that you can subscribe to. It's a, it's a, it's a very good idea. I'm not going to say genius because I don't want Vib to get his ego even bigger, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's a great idea. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different things you can do with digital assets when you're at when you're not constrained by digital or um, constrained by the economics on the chain, um, because I mean you can do obviously gaming is completely open now. Like before, maybe you do ten thousand assets or twenty thousand, and then you kind of have to consider the economics. But now you can do over a million. And I don't know. Let's say you're building like a Habba hotel or something. You're obviously going to have quite a few items, and so now it makes sense that you can put them on chain and create the economies for that to interact and compose with other applications. And so compression is super cool. And it's also not specifically NFTs, right? It's also, you can use it for, I mean, Z, uh, Light Protocol is using it for privacy and Gum is using it for social building blocks. And so you can use it for whole sorts of other things. Uh, you can probably use it for DeFi even. I think I asked Jerry, the guy who invented compression, and he's, he has some ideas around this as well. So it, it, with things like this, it's always going to be hard to, Get that first step because going to zero to one is super hard but it's something that i think is perfect for a hackathon to pe for people to idea it on so compression for sure and then two is um just do the basics right i think i think one thing is like um like we, we have really good payments apps i would say I, I would say like we have code super super solid app we have otter super solid tipling super solid solana pay very good like we have very good payments experiences on Solana now, but but look, it's it's not just the product that's enough. Like you need you need you need the distribution to be baked into the product, and Code has a good thing for this where they just give people like five dollars and get people to sign up, um, which is actually what PayPal used to do right before uh, they took off. And so a hackathon isn't just for just the products side of things, but it's also for the rest of the things, right? Distribution, virality, growth. These are all things that you hack together. Um, 
and the payments experiences themselves, like at those speeds, are only possible on Solana, right? There's no other thing where you can get instant global settlement with basically no fees around the globe, right? If you're using an L2, that's fragmented state. And depending on what kind of L2 you use, it might not even finalize for seven days, okay? And, or, I mean, the fees are also not getting close. So it's like, that is actually not possible anywhere else. So payments is a big one. Deepin is another big one. Um, and we're, we're seeing a big shift in this. Um, like, obviously, everybody knows Helios Hive Mapper. There's also, uh, you know, Genesis Go with Shadow Drive. There is uh, Teleport, ride sharing. They're actually going to do some very cool things soon that I'm not allowed to disclose, I don't think, but it'll be fun. Um, and it'll be only possible on Solana. And there's even like, um, I, I forget the, I think it's the team is called Otoy. It's a high precision performance system uh, where like you can determine, it's like a network of people trying to help you with precise positioning on like uh, for use cases that require it. That's on Solana, that's Deepin. And so Deepin is something that's only possible on crypto actually, which is only one of the few things that is only possible on crypto in my view. But it's also only possible on Solana because nowhere else do you get such low fees for like crank mechanisms and also uh, global settlements such that you don't like you can actually scale globally without getting weird into the architecture decisions. So that is those are some of the things that I think people should focus on. Um, and now there's another question you asked, which is what would I build? Um, I would build something. <laughs> ironically, not 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 any of those probably. I'd probably look at building a deep in network, but I'm super interested in network states um, and community oriented stuff these days. Um, so like, I think there's, uh, it's, it's a complete moonshot, but I think there's some very interesting things you can do and start like a Solana network state uh, and just like actually align people and crowdfund some land and actually try to get people together and have like a perpetual hackathon. Uh, not like a perpetual hackathon, but like a group of people who are always looking to building new things in crypto. Um, so I would actually be much more interested in literally starting my own network state, um, which probably people listening was like, what the hell, like get over yourself, uh, which fair enough. Heli but Helios, co Helios compound coming soon. <laughs> I think, I just think it'd be fun. Like it's, it's a super new idea that wasn't really possible before. Um, but that's, you know, life's too short. Might as well try to do something crazy and, and try to make it succeed. That would, that would actually be super, super cool. Um, man, all, all of, all of those were, were, were great ideas. You like fired off like five different things. Um, and then a bunch of sub ideas within each of those. That was, that was sweet. Um, compression has been a big one on my mind recently. I feel like crypto for a while has been plagued by, um, like artificial, artificial supply constraints. Um, artificial is probably the wrong word because on some chains it's not artificial, right? Like the the cost of of transactions is is such that there is a genuine sort of supply constraint. Um, but it's like you just can't pretend that's a thing anymore with compression on Solana. You 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 can't you can't pretend that there's any uh, constraint on on supply and be like, yeah, we're going to arbitrarily choose this number for an NFT collection 
it, it, instead you have to think about using NFTs in, in a in an unconstrained environment and and where would it be useful? So I think there's a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, deep in is something I don't know as much about that I would love to dig into. Um, maybe another time. Maybe maybe we chat about that in in depth sometime. Sure. Yeah. Um, deep in is cool because it's essentially a way to bootstrap networks and have skin in the game for the people who are bootstrapping those networks. So they have shared upside, but they have shared downside. So it's in their interest to make the network succeed. Um, and I do believe that crypto in the future will be earned and not bought. So I think because like if you earn crypto, it's much less, there's much less friction, right? Than opening a bank account, getting KYC'd, transferring from the exchange to your account, transferring again, but all oh, you can just, you can just, you can just earn it directly on chain. And I think that's much more, yeah, there's no friction so there friction. at all. Earn as in just like that's um, that's how you get paid for for your work. That's that's what you mean. Yeah, like I think it'd be super cool if you would just get paid on chain for things that you know things like Deepin. Obviously, for that to be feasible, you're gonna need to have people merchants accepting crypto, which is where like the idea of a network stake is actually pretty cool because I mean you can maybe start a network state and maybe like one of the founding principles is like you, you must accept all currencies, right? Like we're a libertarian organization or something like that. And um, obviously that's not feasible <laughs> because those might be shit coins. They might be volatile. And obviously there's going to be, need to be, um, there's, there's going to need to be some, like there's a reason why regulations exist. Like it's not that regulations are just bad. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, USDC, for example, is a very, is a much better way of sending money across the world than anything else I'm aware of. So like the, so like the reason, the, the, the fact that we haven't been able to get people to accept USDC is, is just a colossal regulation failure because it's just a much better tech. It makes everybody's lives easier. It's cheaper. Um, and so like, that's what I mean by doing the fundamental things right. And uh, so on the last episode of Lightspeed, I talked with Balaji and Akshay and Akshay was talking about like, you know, the biggest lever to pull in terms of crypto products getting market, product market fit is actually regulation. Um, like once you get people like de-risk it for merchants and get people to participate in the crypto economy without worrying about, you know, getting, uh, you know, headbutted by Gary Gensler's beautiful, glorious head. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, uh, the, 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 the environment for crypto is going to look different. Is, um, man, I, so I, I, I totally agree with, with that point, right? Like, uh, re regulation is good regulation is great and bad regulation is terrible. Right. Um, it's, I feel like it's, it's an amplifier in, in some, in some ways. Uh, I, I feel powerless in, in terms of like my ability to, to influence regulation as it relates to crypto. Uh, how do we, how do we fix that? Right. Like how do, how do, how do those of us who are just like, yeah, I, I'm passionate about this space and I really like what we can do, but also I feel like I'm, there's this massive hurdle we have to overcome that I don't feel like I have much control over. Like what, um, I think there's the obvious answer, which is like, well, just put your heads down and, and keep building and like hope that results speak for themselves over time and, and regulation sort of will, will adapt. But, um, some people might be 
unhappy with that answer and might be like, well, hold on, there's got to be something more direct that I can that I can do here. Mm -hmm. So it, it comes back to biology's thing about voice or exit. So sorry. Um, if you don't like how things are being run, you have kind of a few choices. You can voice, right? You can in this, for example, maybe you're in a, you know, I don't know, maybe you're in San Francisco and you're voting and you are telling people to vote and you are communicating the policies that you think are good, communicating the police policies that you think are bad. You're, you know, participating in governance and you are voicing stuff and you, you, you are trying to make change that way. That way is hard. It is pr predominantly how humans have tried, right? Um, you have, and, but it at least like all sorts of weird persuasion tactics and like people who are actually good at speaking, but maybe the content they're saying isn't great. And so ideally, in a very ideal society, which probably is not going to happen for a while, is you have educated people who are extremely competent in domain X or Y. And much more important that they can communicate it, they can write well, they can speak well, right? Um, this is kind of what university is supposed to do, but it seems like it's not actually doing it. Uh, but like people who can write well and speak well, that, like that's super important because if you cannot communicate, hey, this policy is bad. But if you say like, oh, it's bad because, uh, you know, Trump, Trump good and X bad, like that's not going to work. Like you need to be able to convincingly make a good and like lawyers are obviously amazing at this. You need to make a convincing case for your points and then you need to get advocates and you need to you need to have your ideas spread, which is essentially a form of marketing. Right. You're always kind of doing some sort of sales in life. Um, it's not just software enterprise sales, but it's, you're selling yourself, you're selling your ideas, you're saying, hey, here's how I think about this, and maybe that'll drive change, right? So ideally, everybody's actually in a democracy, can can advocate, they're, they're, they're good communicators, they can speak, they can write. Okay, that doesn't always work because the system might be corrupt uh, or inefficient, and maybe intentionally so. In that case, what you can do is exit, right? Uh, this happens a lot. For example, I did this. Well, I didn't do this. My dad did this. We were in Turkey, and Turkey was not a great place. And we moved to the States and I went to Canada. So we actually just exit. Right? Immigration is exit. So within crypto, um, you obviously don't probably want to exit out of the entire industry. Uh, and so maybe that's not really uh, an option. But it could be an option for subsets of problems within crypto. Like maybe Solana is not neutral enough at the base. Maybe you want to go to Ethereum. Or maybe Ethereum is too slow, you want to go to Solana, right? So you can exit within the blockchains. Um, and then there's some violent options, of course, but you probably don't want those. Um, <laughs> you don't want to start a revolution. I mean, I mean the, ex the, exit, the exit could apply to the network state too, right? It's, it's like, yeah, let's exactly. create a new place. Let's create a new place and we will physically exit where we are so that the, you know, uh, we, can, we can have a place that doesn't have the regulations we don't want and does have the regulations we do want. Yeah, and that's what's happening today to an extent. Like a lot of people from the States and even Canada are not necessarily building so much in the US and Canada anymore. I mean, obviously there's still quite a few, but you've seen Dubai take off, Singapore take off, Japan, Tokyo, um, and the Eastern places and some places like Portugal, for example. So that's like people who feel like you essentially are like, okay, I, like the government is not very friendly to me here. Uh, maybe I either move to like a more friendly jurisdiction like Wyoming for crypto, but I don't know, maybe it's too cold. So maybe now I want to go to Lisbon, right? So you can actually exit that way. Um, but then, you know, there's obviously powerful organizations like Coinbase who are cho choosing the voice part of this and they're actually going to court and they're saying, hey, 
you're wrong. Here's why. Like, it's really, we're lucky to that we have. Yeah. And like, so, you know, those are really, and then obviously like the third option is revolution, but you're not going to do a revolution uh, over, over, um, some people yeah. have probably tried. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I, I've got, I've got high hopes for, for coin by Coinbase fighting that fight for us. That's, I think they'll uh, win. I, um, uh, yeah, it, like, I, I, I mean, there is, there is probably no, no better organization to sort of take on that fight. hundred percent. I was, uh, I was at Coinbase and you know, the, the, the teams, the people that they have, uh, that they hired and I would see like new hire announcements on Slack. I look at their background. I'm like, Holy shit. Like, that's a, that's a very legit background as a person. I would not going to go against in a court in any way. And so uh, they are very, and like, I mean, I think the SEs embarrassed themselves pretty, pretty well at this point. I think they've lost a ton of credibility and it's not going to be an easy fight, but I think Coinbase is extremely competent and they will make us proud. Nice. Love it. Nice. Um this is this has been awesome, Mert. It's uh, we 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 need to start blocking off like two hours, three hours for these conversations because I feel like we could just keep going. You know, it's like the the topics are endless, and uh, and you and you have like well thought out opinions on on so many things. It's fantastic. Um, you just, you just make it up on the fly. Hey, well, that's uh, then you're really fucking good at it. So. <laughs> uh, no, man, this is this has been a blast. I'm super excited for uh, for the hackathon in August. I'm super excited to see what people build. The uh, I'm 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 loving the the wave of sort of Solana interest right now, and I'm and I'm loving your voice about basically saying, you know, what is only possible on Solana and, and getting people interested in it. Um, you know, as, as excited as I am about Coinbase fighting the good fight for crypto regulation broadly, I get super excited seeing your tweets fighting the good fight for Solana on, uh, on the internet. So thanks. Thanks for, you know, being out there fighting for the rest of us, man. Of course. Um, I think, yeah, somebody said something, uh, like, um, I think something like similar to what you said, but basically my response was, I think I just say the obvious things that people are probably thinking already. And it's really like the success of it comes from the community being there and engaged. Uh, so it's really great to see how engaged of a community we have. And especially throughout all like the shit that has, has happened to them for like, no, uh, you know, they didn't deserve it. Uh, complete externalities. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's really great to see like Big shout out to everybody who listens to this podcast, listens to the voices on Twitter or whatever Discord social like uh, channel that you're on, uh, and who is still here. So uh, you know, the the big thank you goes out to them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. Any uh, any last things you want to say about the hackathon or Helios? You know, last minute shills before we sign off. Of course, uh, of course, I do. So. Uh, number one is hackathon happening August 1st to August 21st. All you need to do is just follow somebody on Twitter that is on Solana and they'll probably retweet it. Uh, you'll have a website that you can go to on August 1st and you'll be able to see the tracks and then you can start building anything you want provided that they fit in the tracks. I mean, you can build anything you want, but if you want to get a reward for it, you, you might, you, you want to choose one of the tracks. Um, there's like a million tracks though so probably anything you yeah, want to build i was looking through all the tracks and there's so many yeah, good ones in there like something. 
all, <laughs> all the big names that you would think of in the space of for organizations like they've got a track it's they're trying to get some stuff built so it's gonna be great yeah and two is if you are interested in podcasts like this one but maybe a bit more um non solana folk well not Solana, non evm focused but also just general crypto uh we just started a new podcast at lightspeed so just go on twitter and it's lightspeed pod hq and then if you are interested in building cool things on solana fast then shoot me a dm and i'll help you out Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, To the listeners, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here.